We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Mazda lineup of SUVs will provide safety, performance, and capability on your journey ahead. From the three-row Mazda CX-9 to the first-ever Mazda CX-50, our sales team is ready to guide you to the SUV for your lifestyle. Shop the Omaha Metro's exclusive Mazda dealers at Woodhouse Mazda in Bellevue or Woodhouse Place Mazda. Visit us online for your next Mazda SUV at woodhousemazda.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the DFS OGs podcast right here on rotogrinders.com, talking everything week eight. And of course, we don't just talk here. We talk live. We have a little bit of fun with the show. I am Chris, beer maker, Stan Prince, joined as always by my fellow OGs, Derek Farnsworth, the Dome at Victorious, David Kaplan, a.k.a. Head Chopper. Boys, please. Please, please tell me you had a better week than I did because it was rough. My Brewers lost this close to a World Series, which I haven't seen since 1982. DFS, we'll get to it. Plenty of third and wrongs and poor one outs for your boy. And picking games, season long, everything. Just the whole thing. So I'm going to pour out this entire week. Baseball, football, everything. So now that I'm done, I'll get off my soapbox. Guys, Derek, let's start with you. Please tell me your week seven was better than your boys. Yeah, I wish. Uh, I'm glad we talk a little non-football on this podcast because the last two weeks have been brutal for yours truly. Uh, had a good week of NBA, had a good week of PGA, and then just gave it all back uh, in NFL. And uh, sound, it seems like everyone across the industry just got smoked. So there's got to be somebody out there that won, right? Chop? I hope so, and let's hope it was Chop. It was not me, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, it was just uh, – I don't know. Uh, I don't know, just rough, rough, rough going there. I really, I'm looking back at it, and I kind of don't know where the big mistakes were. It doesn't feel like I was, you know, too far off. But uh, look at the final tally on everything, and it just wasn't wasn't very good. So, 
I don't know. I'm sure it'll turn around. You know how the NFL is. It's it's a little bit weird these days. So we'll get hot. We'll we'll have some run good, and we'll have about three or four solid weeks in a row. Yeah, we've had too many bad weeks here recently. So it's going <laughs> to turn around sooner or later. Or the, the podcast may be canceled here if we don't start winning some money. But this goes to show. Everybody has their rough weeks, and you stick with the process, and you come back for another week. So let's start with our poor one outs before we get into this unbelievable Thursday night game. I'm trying to hype this game up because uh, it's like one of the worst games of the week, but poor one outs guys. Just what, what was the, the worst part of the week for you guys? I, I could go on for days. So I'm going to throw it to you guys. Chop. Uh, I would say, I mean, there's a lot of candidates out there that were, that were bad, but looking back at my particular week, the guy I was way overweight on compared to the field and look back at my teams and say, damn, those were two or three really good teams and could have really used this guy. It was a poor one out. I got a poor one out for uh, Albert Wilson out there in Miami. Man, I cheap. Nobody really wanted to use him again. I was all over him in that game. And then he goes down in the first quarter and now he's, he might be out for the year now. But So I got a poor one out for him. That really ruined my day when I – you never know when you're sitting there at like 1230 that that's going to be the thing that defines your day. But then you look back four hours later and you go, dang, man, I had some really nice teams and they had Albert Wilson on them. And that's that, man. That's over. You can't, can't do nothing about injuries in the NFL. But I got, I'll pour one out for Albert Wilson. Yeah, it's important to remember an injury. That, you know, that's not a bad process. The guy's a big play guy and, you know, they're, they're going to be hurting. We'll get to them when we talk Miami. But down a couple receivers here. No, no, pour one out for week seven. Who do you got? Oh, gosh. Uh, my list might be a little too long for this podcast. Got uh, beat hard in cash. I took uh, Duke Johnson <laughs> over Chubb. Uh, had a lot of curse. Had a lot of Taylor Gabriel. Uh, but the guy that really killed me was the Sean McCoy going down. Uh, I had a lot of him on FanDuel uh, on some of my better lineups. And uh, second play of the game, gets hurt. You just knew he wasn't coming back. Uh, just one of those days. It just didn't start right, didn't end right. Uh, so, yeah, I'm ready to move on to the next week. Jermaine freaking curse. Uh, <laughs> a curse, indeed, no doubt. So, again, I got a lot of third and wrongs I'll get to, but I'm going to pour one out for some recent news I just saw. I'm going to pour one out for Chad Kelly. <laughs> what, the hell, what the hell are we doing this? Wandering around the house and invading houses. And nothing good happens after 1 a.m. in the morning. So Wait, what happened? I need to hear oh, that. Chad Kelly was arrested for criminal trespassing. Okay. Early this morning. So right when you were about to get your opportunity, you, the Broncos are clearly looking in new directions. You go ahead and invade a house. What's up with these What's up with these white guys getting drunk and wondering? <laughs> I swear, like, Ryan Rosillo did it. <laughs> I mean, uh, Chad Kelly did it. You know if that was a black dude, you know he'd be dead right now. You know if somebody was oh, shooting. Yeah. I'm not trying to be the political guy here, but <laughs> the white guys get away with it, and they're just drunk and disorderly. The black guys get shot. But I was in college one time, and some dude tried to do that to my house, man. They were drunk. They lived next door. They tried to come up through the window on us downstairs and we thought somebody was breaking in man i was about to yeah that um, could be bad news you do that in yeah. My house. oh yeah yeah i don't know i mean it's not just white guys child look at zay jones jumping out windows and okay my bad i was <laughs> I, all I, up like it's, premature it's, <laughs> i spun the race card too early <laughs> it's guys just acting a damn fool and you get all that money and these young kids but chad kelly's had issues going back to mississippi chop you know that so 
That's why he was. That's why he was on Last Chance U. Because he. That's right. That's why he, he, he went to that. He went bad. to that university. That that Last Chance University. Because yeah, he he had blew 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 his chance right at first. Yeah, you're right. So we'll see. Hopefully, nothing too serious, but uh, probably dampens his uh, his hopes for this season. Now let's get to DFS for this week. I mentioned Thursday night football. We mentioned Miami. Well, they're in this game against Houston. Houston seven and a half, eight point favorites at home. So Derek, let's start with you. Miami down, Kenny Stills down, Albert Wilson still. Brocktober rolls on here for Miami and Houston coming off a big win, and we know where they won that game, Derek in Jacksonville. We'll talk about your team next, but Miami and Houston thoughts for the Thursday night it's showdown slate, or if you're playing the full week. Oh yeah, I forgot about that Jaguars loss. Uh, that was just well, icing. We're here to remind you. <laughs> that's, that's that's what good friends do. Yeah, I didn't think uh, anything could get uglier than my lineups from last week, but this game is close uh, for sure. Definitely don't want a big part of the Miami offense. I mean, if you're playing the Thursday showdown slate, uh, I recommend just maybe withdrawing your entries. (laughs) If you're playing the the Thursday to Monday, uh, I think that might be interesting because there will be some people out there that want to get exposure to the Thursday game. So, uh, you know, maybe that's back in play here this week. But, yeah, like you mentioned, the Dolphins down a couple of receivers. Still don't really trust Brock Osweiler. Um, there's still a time split in the running with the running backs there. So uh, I'm all about the Texans defense in this one. And if you want to go back to uh, Lamar Miller. Yes. <laughs> Derek, the Lamar Miller oh. finally does it. The week that you jump off ship. So what are you doing with him? Are you back as the president of the Lamar Miller fan club? I mean, it's hard not to like him for the showdown slate. For the main slate, I probably wouldn't use him. But uh, 70% of the snaps last week, 23 touches, got the touchdown against the Jaguars. Uh, But you know how this works. As soon as I hop back on, that's when uh, he either gets hurt or doesn't really do anything. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think you go to DeAndre Hopkins. Don't mind the matchup against Xavier Howard. I think he can beat anyone one-on-one. So if that's going to lower his ownership a little bit, I'll probably look that way. And we have a few revenge narratives here. We got Lamar Miller playing the team that drafted him in Miami. So you got that. And you got Brocktober going back to Houston, a team that basically said, hey, just get out of town. We'll, we'll trade away a second-round pick just to get rid of you. So little little revenge narratives here. Now, Chop, showdown slate. Who is our Marvin Hall? That's the question. You had to have some Marvin Hall last night to win. Anybody down in the cheap seats that could fill that role? And your thoughts on the rest of this game, Houston and Miami. Man, I'm complete opposite of Derek here. I love this. I love this game for a showdown. I'm I'm, ex- I'm as excited for this game for a showdown slate as uh, any one of them that doesn't feature Kansas City. This I think this is a good. I think it's a great showdown slate. I'll tell you why. Number one, I can scratch Lamar Miller off the list because he just hit his quota of touchdowns for the year, so I don't have to worry about him anymore. Uh, you could you could play the Houston defense angle, and that's. Definitely an acceptable play against Brock Osweiler. But I'm on the other side. I'm not going Osweiler, but I like some guys from the Miami offense here. I'm going to push – I'll be pushing the lock button on Jakeem Grant, and I'll be very close to the lock button on Devontae Parker. If he's ever going to – if he's ever going to step up, they're down They're down two big wide receivers now. Devontae has a chance to do something here. It's – the Houston Texans are a weak defense. I mean, we could use them against Brock, but if you're not using them, then you can – I mean, they've shown they can be very vulnerable this year. So, I, I like Parker, but I like Jakeem Grant the most. I think Kenyon Drake gets run in this game. 
and then you flip the to the other side there, and you know you could just lock in Deshaun Watson. You'll be able to afford him, and then you know you could pair him with whoever you want. But obviously, DeAndre is the most matchup proof guy in the game, probably. So, I actually like this showdown slate for a lot of uh, these cheaper guys. We're going to get for value plays. I agree on Grant. It only takes him one play, so I like that call. Parker, a little bit nervous. You know, Gase did not sound too excited about him. Like, yeah, we're out of receivers. He's got to play. That was the quote. So, I think Amendola will be the popular guy here for Miami coming off the big game, but tons of injuries to keep an eye on. Amendola questionable. We mentioned Stills and Wilson are out. Kiki Cutie, doubtful tight ends. Griffin, Gasecki, Derby, all questionable here in this game. So keep an eye on the injury report, but should be plenty of value uh, in the slate. Any final thoughts here, guys, before we move on to a, a better game in mine and Derek's opinion, chop seems to like this one. Final thoughts. No final thoughts from me. I'm going to leave it where I got it. All right, Derek, anything to add? Yeah, I won't be playing the show out slate. So uh, that's probably good for, for everyone else. For anyone that's playing Lamar Miller, there you go. Get the seal of approval. All right, let's move on to Sunday. We do have another London game. Derek, your Jags. We'll get to you in a minute here. Philadelphia coming off a tough loss at home to Carolina. Jacksonville, we talked about loss at home to Houston. Now got to go over to London and play a game. Chop, let's start with you. Which team responds here? Two teams that pretty much need a win pretty desperately. Yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty rowdy to think that we're in – what are we in, week seven now? Week eight. Week eight, and these two teams are almost both of them in must-win situations already. I mean, this is crazy. Two championship teams last year, and they're, they 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 sunk this year. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't like these overseas games. You just never know how people are going to react there. Uh, I would say that we were kind of all in on the Jacksonville thing last week, thinking they just had to turn – that that was the must-win for them against Houston at home. And – Boy, that turned out to backfire, so I don't even know what to believe anymore. I would say that – I don't know. Where where we go here, man? Philly's got a pretty good defense. Jacksonville's been putrid. I don't, I don't see how Blake Bortles turns the corner in this game of all games. So, I would probably fade that side of it. On the other side, again, Jacksonville's not a bad defense. They've just been put in bad positions. Uh, I don't think Alshon Jeffrey is the type of receiver that could – dominate these cornerbacks so I don't want to go there the running backs are a committee yeah I mean if I if I if this game is on some kind of a slate where it's all weekend or something I'm I'm fading this game yeah I'm with you you know I, I kind of wish it was on the main slate because I think people would try to well Jacksonville D is good or Bortles is going to respond or Carlos Hyde's only 4100 I mean there could be a lot of rationale for people to try to play this game but Derek 42 point total here does not scream fantasy goodness to me yeah, not at all. And it sounds like uh, Bortles is on the hot seat in terms of his uh, starting gig. They're going to you know, head into the bye after this one. So uh, he needs to play well. Not really expecting that to happen. The one consistent player for the Jags has been Yeldon, and now the Hyde's there. I uh, don't want to mess with that time split. So, yeah, Jags full fade for me. Um, as far as the Eagles, you can maybe look at Zach Ertz. Uh, you know, Chop talked about the corners for the Jags. I think Ramsey's going to be able to lock down Alshon Jeffrey a little bit. Uh, so don't mind Ertz here. Don't really want to play Carson Wentz, though. And then, uh, yeah, with the running backs, don't love that, especially if Darren Sproles comes back. That's just another mouth to feed in this offense. Let's turn our attention to main slate. Let's, let's be done with that Jacksonville game. A lot of people aren't going to play it anyway. If it's showdown slate, we don't have that pricing. So I just I, – I wouldn't sink a ton of money into that one. But this one you might want to sink some money into. Second highest total on the main slate. 
Denver and Kansas City. We have a nickname yet for Patrick Mahomes. You know, Showtime Mahomes, Showtime Mahomes. Like, we need, we need something good. That kid, unbelievable. So he gets a home game here in division with Denver. Ten-point favorites here, Derek. We just continue to load up on Kansas City. And Denver side, who do we run it back with? A, a lot of options, but not a really a guy that really stands out to me as a must-play. Well, in terms of a nickname for Mahomes, this one is inspired by Chop's tweet uh, a couple weeks ago. How about Matic Mahomes, since he sounds just like him? He looks like him, too. He, <laughs> he does. I was, side, man. I was he, noticing he, it's not just the voice. It's the, it's the <laughs> facial structure, too. It's, un, it's uncanny, man. It's yeah, we, crazy. Chop, you're a creative artist. Can we put that side by side and get it out there to the people so we can take a look at it? I'm, I, I've lost so much money in NFL, I lost my Photoshop subscription, so I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody out there, we got some great listeners. Put Davis Maddock next to Patrick Mahomes. Voice-wise, face-wise, it matches up. But clearly the Mahomes is a much more talented person on the field, Derek. Is he the number one quarterback, in your opinion? Yeah, definitely the number one quarterback. We've seen him succeed pretty much every week, even in blowouts. I mean, 7K, that's not bad for a guy that's averaging 31 fantasy points per game. Uh, he is my favorite quarterback of the week, and I think you can get up to him. You know, in the past, we've paid down a quarterback, but the pricing is a lot thinner uh, in terms of the distribution this season. So definitely like Mahomes. Uh, and you can pair him up with pretty much anyone. I mean, Kareem Hunt looked awesome last week. We know Denver's just been shredded by the run all year. I think you can play him. And then, you know, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, all those guys in play uh, for your Chiefs stacks. And now on the other side of the ball, I can't remember – being this excited to play an offense that's 10-point underdogs on the road. Uh, but Denver's in a good spot. We have Royce Freeman. He is questionable. So if he's out, Lindsey would become a strong play. Uh, we have Demarius Thomas potentially getting traded. He thinks he's going to be moved before the trade deadline. Uh, if that's the case, I think Sutton's going to be, you know, the chalk play at 3,800. Emmanuel Sanders would see a boost as well. Uh, with uh, Case Keenum, I guess he's uh, he can breathe a little easier now that Chad Kelly got arrested. Um, so maybe he plays he a little bit better. lock his doors, but he can breathe. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this is the game that everyone's going to stack. It's a game that I'm going to have a lot of exposure to. And uh, kind of just a wait-and-see approach with uh, Freeman and Demarius Thomas. But, uh, yeah, I like both sides. Maybe Case Keenum took old Chad Kelly out to the bar shop and just got him loaded up and, uh, here, kid, go out and have some fun. He's going to hang on to his job. It's a savvy veteran move. Sure is. That, I would do. expect nothing less from a veteran. So, Denver, Kansas City, Chop, what do you got here for DFS? Whew. So, we just saw this game a couple weeks ago in Denver on, like, Monday Night Football. So, it's kind of fresh in our memories. I, I don't, and I thought Denver played well on offense that that day, but they still ended up losing. And I mean, I just noticed here on Sunday night that as bad as Kansas City is perceived to be on defense, whenever they're at home in Arrowhead, they're a very very difficult team. So, like uh, all these all these people in the AFC, better be on lookout if they snag home field advantage in the playoffs. They're going to be brutally tough to beat, but. Uh, that's long-term. So, I mean, I'm looking at that defense, and maybe it's not as bad at home as, as we might think it is. And it's not like Keenum lit him on fire in Denver here a few weeks ago. So, I don't know, man. I'd be hard-pressed to push too many of these guys into my lineup. Sanders would be the first guy I put in there. And after that, maybe sudden. But I'm not I'm not any hur in any, any hurry for any of these guys on the road in Kansas City, to be honest with you. And Kansas City just has this juggernaut offense. They get up on you and they put the pressure on you, and that's that. So 
for Kansas City, it's the same old thing. Any of these guys can beat you. They got all these weapons. I would go Mahomes this week uh, and pair him with maybe a Tyree Kill. Kelsey's due for a big game. He hasn't really had a big one in a while. It's been Kareem Hunt these last couple games, and I think maybe it's time Kareem Hunt takes a little bit of a backseat in this game. So I like Mahomes pairing with Kelsey in this game, to be honest. Yeah. I like the Kelsey call. Denver 22nd in fantasy points allowed to the tight end position. He's the one guy that hasn't had that huge game yet. So recency bias says people want Tyree Kill. They're going to want Kareem Hunt. So I like the the pairing with Kelsey. But you can go to any Kansas City Chief. Let's be honest. You've got to have some exposure there, obviously. Let's move on to the next game. Another game. I think Chop could have some fantasy goodness. Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Cleveland, so close once again. I mean, they just can't put it all together and win a game almost pull it off, and then Pittsburgh should be rested, should be ready to go here, divisional game. Is this just an onslaught for the Steelers? Yeah, I think I think that's what we're, we're going to get this week is the uh, Pittsburgh at home onslaught, which happens every once in a while throughout each season here with Big Ben and A.B. Uh, they've got Juju now in the mix, so yeah, nice nice attack there. I think, I think Pittsburgh puts it on them at home, and it looks like we're going to get at least another week of no Le'Veon Bell. So James Conner, perfectly acceptable. Fire him up. On the flip side there, I mean, uh, Baker, whew, you know, he. I thought – I don't want to say I, I would think – I thought he would look better, but kind of thought he would look better. He hasn't looked bad at all. hasn't looked terrible, but he has struggled a little bit, and you're going on the road to face Pittsburgh now, and you really only got – Jarvis Landry as your best wide receiver. Callaway is still a rookie. I, you know, I didn't expect much out of him coming into the year. And then he had a couple of nice games, at least with some high-volume targets. But he hasn't really produced. So, ultimately, he is just still a rookie wide receiver. So, really, it's just Jarvis Landry and Njoku. So, he doesn't really have a ton of weapons here like we thought he would have with when they had Gordon and those guys earlier in the year. So, uh, I don't know. I'd be hard-pressed to – play too much Cleveland here. This definitely doesn't uh, look like a Nick Chubb spot here on the road against Pittsburgh. So maybe Duke Johnson, this is the week. People who played Duke Johnson last week were disappointed. Maybe this is the week. But I have, a lot, I have a lot of interest in these Pittsburgh guys, but not much interest in Cleveland. Yeah, I'm pretty much on the same page. Wide receivers, both these teams have struggled as far as allowing fantasy points. So I think that's the main route. But I agree, Connor in play. Uh, and Duke, not a bad bounce back. Uh, Noto. Again, Steelers onslaught here. Are you more excited about the Cleveland side? Because I think I'm with Chop. I don't I want a ton of Cleveland, but I do want all the Steelers. Agree or disagree? Uh, agree on the Steelers. I think they're all in play coming off of the bye. Uh, you know, Chop said, you know, Connor's an acceptable play, but I think we smash him once again. Uh, you know, all right. <laughs> the first uh, part of the year. Um, I definitely like Connor in this spot. And then Big Ben at home, you can pair him up with all the receivers. Tonio, Juju. Even Vance McDonald is going to be interesting. As far as the Browns go, uh, shout out to Rich Rebar, who is uh, featured on the Roto World show uh, on Roto Grinders each week. He had a tweet, the Browns are 1-1-1 one, one, and one when they've had uh, plus two or better in the turnover battle. The rest of the league is 35-2 and two, uh, in those situations. So uh, that's just how bad and how poor of a coach Hugh Jackson is. I uh, haven't liked what I've seen from Baker over the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, everyone played Nick Chubb. I believe he was like 80% in some of the double ups and 50-50s. And, you know, everyone – he played well for everyone. So, everyone's going to go back to that well. Uh, I'm a little worried about it. He has zero catches on the year. So, this is a game where they're going to be playing from behind. So, kind of agree with you guys. 
I don't mind looking uh, Duke Johnson in tournaments. And then for me, it's just going to be Landry and, and Joku once again. All right, moving on. Next game, we got Washington and the Giants. So before we get into this one, can, can we talk about Booger McFarland last night and the analytics and why are they going for two? And this this whole booth just needs to be gutted. Like, let's just call it fresh, start over, get rid of everybody. It was the right call to go for two. It's that old school football mentality that, you know, you want to tie it up. You play this game to win. Like the great Herm Edwards said, you play to win the game. That's what they're doing here. If you don't get the two, hell, you go for it the next time. It's still tied. So, you guys, any any thoughts on that? Because those guys sounded like morons talking about analytics. Derek, what you got? I know you like the analytics. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do. I just – I don't really get his argument. His argument is that uh, it's still a one-possession game even after they went for two and didn't get right. it. Um, so, I, I don't get his argument at all. And then his reasoning behind it this morning with his tweet was uh, even worse. So, I have no idea what he's talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's funny, though. And I'm not even the huge analytics guy, Chop. I'm in the same camp as you. But any any thoughts here on what happened last night? Uh, well, I'll, you, your point about gutting the booth is a very valid point. I I don't know what – it's just not an entertaining booth, to be honest with you. I mean, I much preferred it when it was John Gruden up there doing John Gruden things. So, uh, yeah, there – and, I, and I, you know, it's probably the right call to go for two right there or – a lot of these, you know, if I was a coach, there's so there's so many times fourth down and one. Once I get past a certain yard line, you know, uh, even in my own territory, once I get past a certain yard line, fourth down and one, I'm gonna go for it every time. You know that I get it. You know that puts so much pressure. Like if you're a fan of a team and you're sitting there watching the game and and uh, your team makes a stop and it's fourth and one, you breathe a sigh of relief. You know, when you see the punt team come on, you don't want to see the opposition go for it on fourth and one because you know there's a great chance they get it and keep the drive alive. It just it – may, it makes you feel real uneasy as an opponent, you know, looking at somebody go for it. So I would go for it every time because I think that's the right thing to do. But I also don't like the analytics guys to shove it down our throat with nothing but pure data. It does at, – at times it does – you do got to, like, look at the the – situations and take everything into account so I don't know man I'm on the fence about it in general I don't I know most of the time I want to go for want to go for two want to go for it on fourth and one but you know I don't know I just I prefer to be a situation dependent I guess and we'll play it keep it from now I don't want I don't want to you could get me I could talk for the next hour on these guys sending out their tweets about every time a coach does something wrong and they want to criticize I get it but you know, it doesn't make you right just because he's wrong. Right. And it's one of those, if it worked, he's a genius. If it doesn't work, you're, you're a dummy. So I, I think the best thing is blending the two. Like you said, the real life situations, the real life situation is my team is one in freaking five and we're on the road. Why am I going to play for a tie? You know, let's, let's be aggressive and go for a win here. So no, yeah. it's, it's situation yeah. analytics, it's mixing the two, I think is the best, best version. But Yeah, and I, I'll ask Derek a question because I know he's a Warren Sharp guy. He likes, he likes him a little Warren Sharp. And Warren's a very smart guy. But Warren has sent out a tweet the other day when Blake Bortles was struggling, and it said, you know, if only Jacksonville would have used that pick on a quarterback instead of Leonard Fournette. What do you think about that, Derek? They have they have Bortles. You just spent a number one draft pick on him. You're sitting there, in the, and maybe you don't want a running back. But what are you doing? Stock are you stockpiling quarterbacks with all your first round picks? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, just given 
how much uh, you know they spent to get Bortles. You know, I didn't really want them to get another quarterback right away, but at the same time, just drafting a running back, uh, I didn't love the pick at the time. But at the same time, we see what Saquon Barkley has been able to do uh, for the Giants. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those situations that I'm with you guys. You kind of play each situation independently. Um, I don't think the Jaguars necessarily needed a running back at that time. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, yeah I mean, Derek, I've never been a Bortles guy. So Derek just doesn't want to say anything bad about Warren Sharp. He, kn- he knows Warren's wrong. I mean, it's it's always easy to look back too, you know. It, it hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. They should have done this. They should have done. Well, they did it. So why why are we even talking about that? Let's just move forward. But let's move forward with this game. We don't we don't want Derek to get in trouble with Warren. So <laughs> that's his daddy. <laughs> The Mazda lineup of SUVs will provide safety, performance, and capability on your journey ahead. From the three-row Mazda CX-9 to the first-ever Mazda CX-50, our sales team is ready to guide you to the SUV for your lifestyle. Shop the Omaha Metro's exclusive Mazda dealers at Woodhouse Mazda in Bellevue or Woodhouse Place Mazda. Visit us online for your next Mazda SUV at WoodhouseMazda.com. (laughs) <laughs> Let's talk no. Washington and the Giants here. Derek, we'll start with you. Another game, 42-point total, one-point spread here. Washington got it done at home, barely survived Dallas. The Giants we saw last night, valiant effort there at the end, but come up short. In division here, who prevails in any interest in daily for these two teams? Not a ton of interest outside of Saquon Barkley. Uh, the dude's been a beast so far this season. Uh, 22 plus fantasy points in every single game. I think Odell's fine in tournaments as well, um, but not going to be chasing those Eli points that uh, everyone saw last night or uh, yeah Monday night. Um, so that's about it for the Giants. Uh, with Ingram back, don't really love Shepard, even though he had the big game against the Falcons as well. Then on Washington, I just don't know what to do right now. The Giants have been a very beatable defense, 27th versus the pass, 22nd against the run. But I don't really like Alex Smith. You know, all his receivers are banged up. Jordan Reed only has three red zone targets all year. Uh, sounds like Chris Thompson's going to be back. So uh, that could be another loaded backfield that's splitting touches. So for the most part, I'm just looking at Saquon, and, and that's about it. Yeah, and the Giants traded away Eli Apple as of this recording, so it's one less guy in that secondary. Not that he's been playing extremely well to begin with. But, Chop, what's up with Jordan Reed? We, we were told – Alex Smith and Jordan Reed, and they, all he does is throw to the tight end. And we've really seen Alex Smith go back to you know, the Alex Smith we saw two, three, four years ago. Is this going to get turned around anytime soon? Because Jordan Reed seems like he should be putting up huge numbers. We just haven't seen it. I don't think so. I don't think – I mean, I don't see – like Jordan Reed's had some good matchups here these last couple of weeks with injuries to key wide receivers, and he hasn't produced. Now, if you're ever going to produce against a team – New York is on that short list of teams you want your tight end going against. You know, Cleveland or the Giants, those are the teams you want to be facing. But I don't know, man. You know, I, he had that little procedure in the offseason. What was it, to remove a bone in his toe or something? I don't know what they did with the bone, but maybe they ought to replace it because like, he's just not producing. So I don't know if I could turn to him. Uh, we'll see who's healthy in the receiving core. If they got one of those guys steps up, and is healthy, maybe I take him. But I'm not going to play Dodson. He's a bust. Tried to do the Maurice Harris thing. That was a bust. Uh, maybe, you know, I don't, I don't see him producing a, at a consistent level. So we'll see who's healthy and play it from there. But on the other side, the Giants, that's a two-man show. Barkley or Beckham, I would chase Beckham. It's a really good salary. It's not a, it's not a tough matchup. 
And even with as bad as Eli is, Beckham will still have a pretty decent floor. And if somehow Eli makes a throw, just one throw in a game, Beckham will have a great game. So I'll play, I'll play Odell Beckham all day at 7,500 on DraftKings. You're asking a lot for Eli to make one throw. <laughs> maybe so. they bench him and maybe we get a real quarterback in there. Yeah, we'll see. But the old Eli or Odell and Josh Norman rivalry will renew here, but 42-point total, it's, it's just tough to get excited about any of this. So let's go on to the next game, Seattle. And Detroit chop. Seattle coming off a bye. Detroit went down to Miami and got it done. How about the carry on Johnson fella? They finally figured out, hey, let's get this guy the ball. Now DFS still looks underpriced to me. 5,300. He moved up 800, but uh, interest there. And then what do we do with these Detroit pass catchers? Because we saw if they're going to be run heavy, it's going to affect those three guys. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a good problem to have if you're a Detroit Lion fan or a player. Uh, to have so much talent on offense because it's pretty frustrating from a fantasy perspective. We don't – I could definitely see this being a game where Carrion gets 20, 22, 24 carries, and he has a good game against the Seattle defense. They're at home. Uh, they're a slight favorite. These are all good things for him. Not to mention, he's caught a pass. At, you know, he's caught a pass in every game this year that he's played. He's – all except for one game, he's caught multiple passes. So it's not like he's dead in the passing game either. He, he gets he gets receptions too and the carries. So the only thing he's lacking is goal line work and who knows. And he actually had a couple of carries inside the 10-yard line finally this, this past week. So I don't know, man. He may be taking over, but it's too much to ask that you have a great running back and two or three great receivers in the same game. It usually doesn't work like this. Something's going to cut into the other thing, so you got to decide whether it's going to be a Stafford to his receivers game or if it's going to be carry-on game. I think it's going to be more of a running game for Detroit and put a couple of those receivers on the back burner. Maybe one of them steps up and has a decent game at home, but I like the running game here. On the flip side, Seattle, I could play Baldwin here, and I could also be convinced to twist my arm, and I, could, I think I could fire up some Chris Carson against a bad run defense here, but um, I don't know, man. This actually looks like a, a pretty decent game stack under the radar if you wanted to go that route because there, there are some options in this game that are, look pretty good on paper. Yeah, it's a higher total than I thought it would be. And I misspoke. Seattle didn't come off the bye coming back from London. So, Derek, Seattle, Detroit, 50-point total here. Just a three-point spread. So, who are the must-play guys in this one? Yeah, a lot, of, lot to like in this one. One of the biggest mistakes that I made last week, uh, Sunday morning, I had D-Lynn and Carrion Johnson. And uh, after Abdullah was announced as active, uh, everyone was freaking out on Twitter. Uh, got me scared of Carrion Johnson, so I uh, flipped to Zeke and Curse. So I think that was only like a 60-point swing or something like that. Uh, yeah, Carrion looked really good last week, 60% of the snaps, seven red zone opportunities. I know he didn't get the touchdown, but he did get the uh, carry right before Blunt ended up taking it in. So they're willing to give him work around the goal line, which I like. And uh, like Chop mentioned, he does catch some passes. So really good spot for him. I like Galladay at 5,700. Only got two targets last week. Maybe they greased the squeaky wheel a little bit. Uh, I think it's a good spot for him to bounce back. And then we have Russell Wilson uh, on the fast track in Detroit, coming off of six rushes the last game. That was his season high. Uh, Baldwin looked pretty good, six of eight, uh, caught six of eight targets for 91 yards. Uh, I think you can go to those two, especially if they're going to be trailing in this one. And don't hate the Chris Carson call. While I don't love him on DraftKings since he doesn't do 
a whole lot in the passing game. He's going to get, you know, 15-plus carries against a very beatable run defense. All right, next game we got Tampa Bay and Cincinnati. Another game, pretty high total of 54. It's funny how we say pretty high, 54. Like, that used to be, like, the highest total we'd ever see. Now there's 57s, 58s, but 54 looking like a nice total to target, Derek. Cincinnati favored by about four, four and a half. Now they're coming back home licking their wounds. Tampa Bay barely survived Cleveland, but on the road in Cincinnati, this looks like a potential shootout. So what side are you more interested in here in? And, and this is one of those who's not in play games. Seems like a lot of pieces we're going to want to target here with Bucks Bengals. Yeah, I'm more interested in the Cincinnati side, but I do think Jameis Winston's viable. 6000 is a good price for him. Uh, he's a dual-threat quarterback, and he's just a very good fantasy uh, quarterback because he does a lot. Um, all three running backs for the Bucks last week played under 40% of the snaps, which is not ideal. Going to be avoiding that situation. I think you can pair up uh, Jameis with Evans if you're looking to do a game stack. And then on the other side, yeah, good bounce-back spot for Cincinnati. I'm a little surprised they struggled against the Chiefs like they did. Uh, but Mixon's in play, uh, should get 20-plus touches and a good matchup against the Bucs. Uh, we've, we've seen them get uh, burned in the slot all year, so certainly going to hop back on Boyd, 6,700, should keep his ownership at a reasonable level. Uh, A.J. Green's viable, Uzoma uh, is interesting, and then you can obviously pair him up with Andy Dalton. So this is one of the couple games that I'm going to be looking to stack, and I think, yeah, both sides are certainly interesting. All right, Chop, what do you got? Cincinnati and Tampa Bay. Um, well, for, I'd like to do my weekly pour one out for my season-long fantasy team that had Andy Dalton, and I, and I lost by like four points with Dalton's terrible game in Kansas City, only one touchdown. So pour one out for that team. It's one and six now. I'm so you've almost been doing a lot of pour one outs for that team. Man. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost ready to tank, but I, if you finish in dead last place, while you do get the number one pick the next year, you do also pay a heavy fine financially. So I'm on the fence. I don't know what to do here, man. But uh, it's one in six, and it doesn't look good. So thanks, Dalton, you red rocket. You cost me a win, man. <sighs> but I guess you could go back to him this week against Tampa Bay. That's kind of what he does. He looks terrible one week, and he looks fine the next week. So big fan of Mixon, big fan of A.J. Green. Those are my favorite plays, Green, Mixon, and then Dalton. Multiple teams, I would mix in a little Uzoma and may, uh, Tyler Boyd, yeah, a little bit, but I really like Green here mainly. So even though he's at home, sometimes you don't want to play A.J. Green at home, they said, so I don't know, though. Tampa Bay on the other side, I like the way Jameis is leading his offense fantasy-wise, man. He's doing good things, so I'll keep firing up Jameis. I don't think it's a terrible matchup at all. I, don't, I think I played Peyton Barber in week one. And that's the only time I've played a Tampa Bay back, uh, member of their backfield, and I, I won't do it again this week. Don't need any of that. But, again, you can turn to Mike Evans, their best wide receiver. Perfectly winnable matchup. I would imagine he'd probably get shadowed by William Jackson or something in this game, and that's, that's perfectly winnable for him. So, Jameis and Edwin Evans is fine, and all those other guys are kind of throwing darts. Godwin, Jackson, Humphreys, Howard, Brait, you never know. I like the Uzoma call. Tampa Bay, we know, struggle with tight ends, give up the most fantasy points. We saw Njoku get a touchdown in that game. So uh, he's been a guy that they utilize, especially around the red zones, 3,500. I think cash game playable as well as tournaments. We, we got him. We got to give our props to Noto for that one. He, he, he turned the reverse jinx on Njoku this past weekend. So good job, Noto. Yeah, you just yeah. keep them flowing, Noto. We, we appreciate those. So 
I'll start uh, at like two minutes into each game this week. <laughs> <laughs> two games left for us here in part one of the DFS OGs podcast here on Roto-Grinders. Appreciate you guys joining us once again. Let's talk Jets and Chicago. And I got a lot of poor one outs, guys. But Jermaine Curse on the side of a milk carton last week, a big fat bagel, zero donut, whatever you want to call it, really hurt my lineups. You know, I was heavy on Jermaine Curse. Looking back at it, probably not the best process play, but Chicago now at home should have probably beat New England. You know, you give up a long kick return, you get a punt blocked. They were in the majority of that game, but chop that offense looks good. Do you expect to see that continue here against the defense of the Jets? No, not necessarily. I I, I, I don't know what to think about the Chicago offense just because uh, they do it. I mean, it's Trubisky running the ball, so when he's not running – they're probably going to be in trouble if he's not running or they're not facing Tampa Bay, you know, otherwise like he's pretty neutral. So I don't know what to think here. I just, the weird thing about Chicago is I had really high hopes coming into the year for Jordan Howard. That, that hasn't panned out. I'm not sure it ever will. Uh, Trey Burton finally got off the snide and Allen Robinson I had high hopes for, but he's not been like anything special at all. He's, you know, he's turning into Des Bryant where he, if he, catches a touchdown and great, but he's not going to do a whole lot other than that. So I don't know. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the Chicago offense against uh, any defense that is formidable at all. Although I don't think the jets are, but if they shut down Trubisky running, not a big fan of the Chicago offense, certainly not going to go with the jets here in any way, shape or form. The Chicago defense, a little bit too stout at home uh, to take a chance on. Now I was not on Jermaine curse last week. Like I didn't want any piece of that, and I still lost. So that's that makes it extra tilting, man. When you when you're watching everybody get a bagel, and you don't have that bagel, and you still lose, it's frustrating, man. And how the hell do you put up a bagel and your price goes up? He's forty one hundred <laughs> last week, and now he's up to forty three hundred. So I, I normally I like to say, let's go back to a guy that burned us the week before. Derek, can we possibly do that here with Curse? And then your thoughts on Chicago? I'm a little bit more optimistic about their offense and chop seems to be where do you come out on that yeah i think the DraftKings pricing alg- algorithm has to include ownership from the previous week because curse went up gabriel went up they both uh put up does last week they're both featured in my cash game lineup uh, if anyone's curious uh gabriel maybe he bounces back this week uh only saw four targets but uh he was doing pretty well before that with 33 and 20 fantasy points I'm a little torn on what to do with this game in general. Both these teams ranked inside the top seven in total defensive DVOA. Uh, but, yeah, Trubisky's been awesome. If you look at his game log, he's had 46, 31, and 36 fantasy points over the last three weeks. This is probably going to be a game where they're playing from ahead, so maybe they don't need him to air it out as much. Maybe they don't need him to run the ball as much. I don't know. This feels like a, a classic Jordan Howard uh, tilt spot where he just comes in and scores a couple touchdowns. So I'm probably agreeing with Chop on this one. Going to be probably lower than the field uh, on the Bears offense. All right, let's get to our final game here. This last early game on the slate, we got Baltimore and Carolina. Baltimore, man, what what a heartbreaker. Your, your kicker has never missed an extra point. Misses an extra point, you lose the game at home to New Orleans. So that one stings. Carolina, on the other hand, Look, we talk about Cam Newton, and we talk about the numbers, and we talk about not watching the game because people were blowing up my Twitter. Nice pick on Cam Newton. And then at the end of the day, the numbers are there. For some reason, he waits till the end of the game. So, Derek, Baltimore, can they respond here on the road? 
And then Cam Newton, do we continue to go back to that well and just not watch the games? This should be a very good football game, but not one that I really want to target for DFS. Uh, two really good defenses in a game that features a low total. Uh, don't really want to play the the Baltimore running backs. Uh, I can't get their receivers right. I was on John Brown two weeks ago. I was on Snead last week. Um, so it just seems to be a different week. Each, uh, you know, each guy is having a big week. So don't really want to play anyone from Baltimore. I think Carolina, a little more interesting getting the Baltimore defense on the road. Uh, we know Cam Newton can make plays with his legs. 5,800 seems like a decent price point, but you know, we got a lot of good quarterbacks in the slate, inclu- including Mahomes, who's only $1,200 more. I certainly think, you know, if you're going for 3X, um, that means Mahomes only needs three and a half more fantasy points than Cam. I will certainly take that bet. So I'm not sure I want to play, you know, anyone from this game. McCaffrey has some receiving upside, but, you know, he's not scoring any touchdowns. With Olsen back, I don't love Funchess as much. So, yeah, it's kind of an ugly game from fantasy, but it should be a pretty good one to watch uh, in real life. Yeah, and seeing the line, I, I almost thought it was wrong. Baltimore favored here on the road, unless I'm seeing it wrong. But, Chop, thoughts here on, on Ravens-Panthers to wrap us up here for part one. I, uh, you know, Carolina games generally aren't all that exciting to me anyway from a fantasy perspective. And then you get them against Baltimore, and it really dulls it even more. So, whew, as of right now, I just I can't bring myself to really uh, play anybody from this game. Even the great Cam Newton, I just – it's a good price tag. But, yeah, I just think this is a really ugly game right here for fantasy purposes. Like Derek said, it's going to be a great real-life game because it's two solid teams. But for fantasy, this just doesn't – this just screams fade to me. Yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement. I've been riding Cam, but it might be time to hop off here with a low total and two good defenses, like you guys said. So, not much to see here. And that will do it here for part one of the DFS OGs podcast. Guys, any final thoughts? We'll transition into part two. That will be out tomorrow. We'll look at the afternoon games, Sunday night, Monday night, and, of course, answer some user questions. But anything you want to talk about before we wrap up part one? Derek, what do you got? All I want is one week for everything to happen as I expected to, and, and that's it. Just that's one week. not asking a lot. I mean, that's a fair request. Chop, any final thoughts here, part one of the pod? Yeah, the only thing I'm going to say is that when we come back for part two, you, you might want to tune in because I'd want to get something off my chest when we get back for part two. All right, we get a little rant from Chop. Always look forward to those. So come on back tomorrow for that. More Chop, more Dodo. I am here saying salut. We'll see you back here for part two of the DFS OGs podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. The Mazda lineup of SUVs will provide safety, performance, and capability on your journey ahead. From the three-row Mazda CX-9 to the first-ever Mazda CX-50, our sales team is ready to guide you to the SUV for your lifestyle. Shop the Omaha Metro's exclusive Mazda dealers at Woodhouse Mazda in Bellevue or Woodhouse Place Mazda. Visit us online for your next Mazda SUV at woodhousemazda.com.